Hey there, I'm Tim Morrison, and welcome to the Wellington Hustle Interview Project, a place that showcases Wellington's top entrepreneurs to bring you a dose of insight and inspiration to help you drive your entrepreneurial journey. I just wanted to take a few minutes to introduce a quick side project that I've started for the Wellington Hustle Interview Project, and I'm calling it Thoughts on Brand. And pretty much, instead of my usual interviews where I talk to Wellington's entrepreneurs and ask them about their struggles and what they're proud of and things, I'm actually interviewing people that are professionals in the world of brand. I'm excited to do this because um, I want to learn more about brand, and I think that even though these people, some of the people that I'll be interviewing aren't actually part of the Wellington community, it's awesome to get their take on their world of brand and and also some tips from them to help uh, the listeners of the Wellington Hustle Interview Project and myself <laughs> included um, to, you know, some tips on how we can help, uh, you know, uh, curate our brand or for like for me, how I can also help uh, my clients curate their brand. Um, so yes, I hope that you enjoy this series and um, I'll hand it over to me in the interview. Uh, take care and thanks for watching. Welcome to uh, Thoughts on Brands, um, a spin-off uh, interview, I guess, from the Wellington Hustle Interview Project. Today in this interview, I'm speaking to John Douglas from Brand Clarity. Great here, yes. Happy to do. be there, yeah. <laughs> it's been a while, I've almost forgotten. <laughs> if I can just get you to uh, introduce yourself and Brand Clarity and your superpower, I guess. Uh, okay, uh, my name is John Douglas. Uh, as, uh, as previously, uh, I've been accused of being John Douglas, and uh, yes, I admit to being John Douglas. Um, <laughs> I, I am. Uh, I'm a Kiwi by birth. Uh, oh, really? I grew up in uh, Adelaide in South Australia. Of oh, course, cool. um, so that actually helps um, with a link to my Wellington hustle. I'm like, I've got these Australian people that I've interviewed. How does that fit, fit in? I yeah. thought that this thoughts on brand uh, segment was, you know, it didn't really matter. We were just talking about brand to help the people that were here. So, but yeah, I like the connection. Very good. Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, uh, I have a, a small, uh, I, and I and I use the term deliberately. I have a small brand and advertising practice in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, that's the big island uh, to your wish. Um, uh, I like that. I like that when they did the, um, they had recently, they said Australia should just become the big island, part of New Zealand. And all of New Zealand said, we don't want you. Yeah, bugger off. <laughs> uh, I have, uh, I was a career director and a head of planning at a number of agencies in Adelaide, Auckland, Hobart, Brisbane and Melbourne. I travelled around. I was uh, like one of the Leyland brothers just travelling around the countryside. I was, um, I was uh, like uh, that old Kung Fu movie uh, a TV series with Kwai Chang Kane just going around <laughs> and doing good deeds and helping people. With a lone ranger. The lone ranger of the, of the word, written word. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, the lone writer, yeah. yeah. Um, so I left advertising about uh, agency land about 12 years ago and started my brand practice. I used to think it was a business. And then someone pointed out that if I wasn't involved in the business, the business would cease to exist, which then essentially makes it a practice. 
which I have been very comfortable with making that distinction between a business and a practice because it allows me then to have, I, I don't have a reason to retire then. I don't have any pressure on me to retire. I could just keep doing what I'm doing, which I actually quite like. <laughs> but, yeah, right. uh, it's not a job, is it, if you're enjoying it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it is. It's a, it's, a, it's a way of making money. I mean, there's not a lot of money to be made at the moment, but there's money out there somewhere, I'm sure. Um, and uh, uh, I've been doing this for 12 years. We have a, uh, a number of very uh, loyal clients who keep us busy. We do a little bit of work for advertising agencies just in the uh, writing and strategy space. And we do brand and communication, like campaign conceptualization and finalization. So we run a small, we offer advertising agency services without advertising agency overheads. So um, um, what's, so you, what's your background? Your background is copywriting, is it? What would you call that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So writing, advertising creation. So yeah. uh, campaign creation, creative, you know, I was in the creative department. Um, and was that back I, in the days when everyone was uh, drinking whiskey and smoking cigarettes? <laughs> I, I, uh, so you're a madman. I, 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 I was a totally mad. So I started um, uh, in advertising in Adelaide. I was the world's oldest junior copywriter. So I didn't start uh, in advertising until I was in my uh, mid to late twenties. Did you start? Um... Did you start, is that what you started out as, um, creative as writing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So started in Adelaide, at Clementia Adelaide, and was there mm. for six years and, and clawed my way up to the, uh, uh, the dizzying heights of senior copywriter. I ended up in Hobart. I was there for on and off for about three years. I, I drifted between Hobart and Brisbane. And then moved down to uh, Tassie, and went from Tassie to Melbourne, uh, left Clemenger, came up here, worked at McCann Erickson for about five years and became associate creative director, creative director here. Uh, and then moved from there to um, a small place in Port Melbourne called Sea Life Differently, which changed, or DARE, which changed the name to Sea Life Differently, which then magically, somehow, no one knows quite how we managed to do it. But we landed the National Australian Bank account. No, no way. <laughs> so I tiptoed out the back door there and uh, I thought, well, I'll just start my own little business. I had, um, I had, uh, I, I got, a, I got a, a two month gig as soon as I left. And then that followed, I had another six week gig from someone else and I was up and running and I was essentially just freelancing with a business name and, you know, slowly you know, built up enough kind of runs on the board. So um, let's move on a little bit with some of the questions that I sent through to you. Well, yes. Questions, he says loosely. Uh, questions, um, no, a little bit. <laughs> no, very nice. From your point of view, I guess from someone who's, I'd, I'd like to, um, I guess I'd like to touch on more about um brand and copy 
Okay, so, um, so I, I prepared a bit for this. I have, okay, awesome. I have actually prepared a bit. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but um, so I guess um, to start off with, the first question is about your thoughts of brand. So what is brand to you and its importance? Um, okay. From, so, from your angle as a, a wordsmith. <laughs> you know, brand, brand guy writer brand yeah guys, like, exactly yeah. i mean yeah i guess because um yeah like you i guess copy is i mean your brand clarity does do overall everything but i guess you've got speaking from your experience i guess must be a bit more skewed towards copy than it's kind things. of skewed towards mm. so the the great thing about like good writing is about finding a promise and then finding the way of selling that promise. So structuring your argument or structuring your copy to sell an argument, to sell a promise. Uh, and I grew up in a day when, you know, long form copy was king. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm very much a, let's take this one step at a time. I'm gonna get you to agree to this bit and then I'm going to get you to agree to this bit, and then I'm going to get you to agree to this bit, and then by the time I'm finished, you will agree that it is the most logical thing in the world for you to go and buy yourself a bra. You, Tim Morrison, are going to go out. <laughs> and it took me, it's taken me a really long time to come to terms with the idea that that helps people justify their purchase, but it doesn't necessarily make them want to go and buy the product. Yeah. So there's, there needs to be an emotional connection before the logic comes in. So that's always been kind of my stick as a writer, and that led me seamlessly through a long kind of, you know, higgledy piggledy, rabbity warrenty kind of career path. Uh, into brand because in order to sell the best promise, I saw the link between making the promise as a writer and understanding the bigger promise of what the brand is. Yeah. So, and to my mind, there's a there's an inexorable link between the promise you make to the market and the bigger promise that the brand makes. Absolutely. And in fact, all of the little promises you make to the market one at a time help reinforce this promise. So this promise feeds into these little promises and these little promises help build that big promise. And then that big promise feeds into, so it becomes this big circle of positivity. Um, and there's all kinds of, you know, there's all kinds of bits and pieces of it. But I, I think that, I think that the, the big thing is, <coughs> pardon me, I'm coughing, I feel like I should, Hang on, where's my where's my mask? <laughs> um, oh, here we go. Hang on. Yeah. Yep, carry on. Ah, mm. Oh, very good. <laughs> the big um, the the big issue, the big thing for for me is why you need marketing, and I think the reason we need marketing is because people people remember. This, people want people want their lives to be better. No one ever wakes up in the morning and goes, I, like my 
day to be worse. Thanks very much. You know, I want my life to be worse. And so you're always looking for ways to, how does this product or this service, but let's call it a product, even if it's a service, whatever, how does this product help them feel their life is better? How does this product improve their life? How does, how will they use this product to tell a better story about themselves that will then allow them to feel like their life is improving. What marketing should do is marketing should identify what those, what those drivers are, identify what the most likely, what the most profitable driver is or the most profitable set of drivers are, and then draw a direct line between what drives the purchase and what the product has. So if you're looking at a um, sports car, for example, people buy sports cars for one reason only, and that's to go fast. That's to go fast around corners specifically, but because once you start going fast in a straight line, it's just fast. To, go, to be able to go fast and to be able to go fast around corners. And if you can, if you can own, if you've got the car that goes fastest around corners, then just make that the truth of what your basic promise is, and continue to make it true. There's very few sport car, sports cars, high performance, luxury, whatever, that that use their safety features as a primary selling tool. People don't buy. BMW 5 Series, people don't buy Ferraris because they've got great brakes. They do. They've got magnificent brakes. They have to have great brakes because they go so bloody fast. But they, but they don't say, buy a Ferrari because we've got the best brakes on the market. They say, buy a Ferrari because you know you want to go really fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, and what they, what they then do is they, they then associate those drivers with, they, they, they need to form memory structures. The role of marketing is to build the, is the, 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 yeah, the, role of, the role of marketing is to build a memory structure inside the brain of the consumer that is relevant to, the, to what they want to, what, the story they want to tell about themselves my words, they don't say story, but and so if you are if you are trying to say Snickers really satisfies, as an example, there's Mark Richardson uses this. You look at Snickers brand, the memory structures they've got are reinforced by the visual and um, the sensory the sensory cues that that you will see. So from a visual point of view, it's chocolate brown. There's a little you know red rhombus and there's white writing it says Snickers and you know so you know that 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 doesn't change and then the stories they tell the advertising the writing the art direction the, the whatever it is however they choose to sell it always revolves around the same thing about this is a this is a chocolate snack that will really fill the little hunger hole you've got between breakfast and lunch or you know lunch and whatever and so they they continually find ways to enmesh that individual promise 
with this. See, I'm holding an invisible chocolate bar. Yep, there. I can it's, see. Looks tasty. This, these little promises with this chocolate bar. And so you get that whole link between that. This really satisfies. I want to be really satisfied. Actually, I just need to justify I have a need for chocolate. But the reason I'm going to have that chocolate is because I'm feeling a bit hangry and, you know, I'm not really myself when I'm hungry. So I'll just fill this little hunger hole with, uh, you know, the Snickers bar. And I know I need chocolate. So when I go to the supermarket, there's a whole lot of different. There's Kit Kat, there's Violet Crumble, there's, you know, name them all. But because Snickers just keep saying over and over and over again, if you've got just a little hole and you're just a little hangry, this will do. So I don't make the taste of it because I've had it before. And so, you know, you just continually do it. And you've got to re you've got to keep doing it. That's the thing that drives successful brands is they keep spending the money to reinforce the memory structures they built in the minds of the consumers. All we're trying to do is um, start here, I guess. All you want to do is you want to look at what what is the what is the business goal? And the business goal should not be to make money. Like making money should be a side, a side set, a subset of what you, what your goal is. And your goal should always be termed, uh, 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 couched in terms of what service can I provide to the customer? So what, did, what do they need? Why do they need me more than they need anyone else? And, if that's the case, then what, what is my goal? What is my goal? My goal is to, um, my goal is to make sure that kitties in Africa get shoes to wear on their feet. And so for every pair of shoes you buy, I'll donate a pair of shoes to a kitty in Africa. So there's a, there's a great promise there's, but there's a, like there is a, what's the goal? The goal is something bigger that makes the world better because going back right to the start, we never want to wake up and make the world a worse place or make yeah. my world a worse place. Yeah. So the brand goal needs to be aligned with the business goal. So it drives any, any communication you do drives the brand, drives the business goal, supports the business goal. So you've got the business goal and then you've got the brand sort of holding it. I'm trying to hold it up and do that. At the same yeah. Time. So, yeah. Okay. So in order to get there, you then have to understand what are the values that will help you get from where you are now to here. And the values, while they will never be overtly stated to outside customers, are those, those things that will support the behaviours that will allow you to prove to the market that you, uh, you care more about shoes for kitties in Africa than any other person on the planet. And if you want to do good for kitties in Africa, then buy our shoes. Simple. That's why it's called simple. Um, <laughs> so those values drive behavior and the behavior drives the attitude of the people within your little gang. So that can be within your company and within your, you know, immediate circle of customers because the way you behave will, will impact their attitude and their attitude impacts their behavior and then their behavior impacts your attitude and your attitude impact and it becomes this virtuous circle again so virtuous circles all over the place 
your behavior, if it is consistent, builds trust. If you can build trust, you then, and awareness, if you can build awareness, you can build trust. You can then buy repeat purchase and you buy repeat purchase around a simple promise of, I am doing more with my shoe purchase than anyone else because I'm being altruistic and clad little kiddies in Africa. So the business goal and the brand goal should be, the brand goal supports the business goal and all of the communications come back to what is the what are the values that will drive that? And those values are determined by what the customer wants. So if no customer in the world gives a damn about kitties in Africa and their feet, then that business goal and that business model is irrelevant. And so no amount of marketing is going to help. But there will be a number of people who want to prove that, you know, my shoes are better than your shoes. Why are your shoes better than my shoes? Because my shoes are saving the world and yours are just, you know, saving your feet from bunions. So, you know, whatever, whatever the, whatever the thing is that drives the, the consumer, by understanding what drives the consumer, you can then align the appropriate values of your product with the values of the customer. So the values of the customer determine what the values of your product are, of your, of your, of your brand are. Your brand values should not necessarily be your values, the marketing manager's values, the writer's values, the art director's values, the, 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 you know, the traffic manager's values, the CEO's values. They, yes, they will be reflected in that, but most of our values are middle class because we're all middle class. And most of the values that we, most of the things that we really value are so altruistic that if you put them, if you like, if you put them, if you will put them on top of a product, they become very kind of the same as everyone else's. We believe in, we believe in value. We believe in honesty. We believe in transparency. We believe in excellence. And that's every single business in the Western world, isn't it? Like, you know, yes. <laughs> so it's very hard to differentiate yourself if you have the same values as everyone else. But you don't need the same values as everyone else because your customers, the customers that you are being the hero for, are telling their story by wearing your shoes. And so the values that drive those people should be the values that drive your marketing. And so the stories you tell in your advertising should be able to say to these people, here's a story you can tell. And they go, oh, that's right. I'm going to wear green shoes this week, this month, because green shoes means that it's spring in Africa. See what I did now? Let's pull that apart. <laughs> so by understanding what drives them, your business, the values because your values drive your behavior, your behavior drives your attitude. There's that behavior attitude box called a Bahari box. It's a psychological phenomenon. It's brilliant. And then, so those values and those behaviors and those attitudes then drive the experiences that you offer to your customers and the promises you make. Those promises, if they are consistent, helps build trust around the values that you've had, which are tied inexorably to the values of your customer. So your success 
is tied to the values of your customer, not your values as a writer or a brand guy. Yeah, yeah. That's what, there's, there you go. Um, how are you using brand within your business? So, uh, I think my particular skill, my, my, my offer, I, I talk to people who need brand, believe they need brand and need creative expressions of brand, communication expressions of brand. Uh, but can't afford big agencies. So all of my blogs, all of my articles uh, are based around this is, this is whatever else you should be doing. There's just three or four kind of key things that you need to keep in mind. And every now and then I visit, I revisit that same thing. Like your story should, you know, support their story and if your story supports their story they'll buy it um and that's that's kind of uh that's kind of what i do i don't know that i'm that successful in the wider market i don't know that i particularly care to be i've never chased fame i've always been very very fortunate touch touch wood um that that my clients a have come back but be I've been referred by some very good people who have, and those referrals have kept me busy. Yeah. So I, I, I care about what I do and I'm also quite iterative. So I get a, I can be quite collaborative with, you know, the way I work. Uh, but I think I also find ways of making the clients uh, problems quite I, tr I try and simplify them as much as not, not simplistic yeah. but just sort of so you know so your problem is distribution oh, bloody, it's distribution so so you don't need me you need a distribution issue and they you know they like it and they go away and they fix their distribution and then they come back hopefully yeah. um, so from a from a brand point of view i i just try and make things clear and simple and if they get onto the website hopefully they get onto the blogs and if they get onto the blogs and they like my take on you know how yeah. brand works yeah. then they talk to me and yeah. um i mean most of the time people will either look at your linkedin profile or they'll look at your website yeah before they start doing business with you and so if I can, if I can have, um, if I can have a, enough interesting articles with enough kind of interesting takes based around the same kind of themes, then, you know, yeah, that's good. Do you uh, um, try and put your personality into the, the blogs and things as well, or? I, well, I don't think you can, I don't think you can't. Yeah. Using a double negative, but yeah. I, do not think you cannot do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. you kind of have to. I do like. Um, I mean, if I, I actually, I actually think I should be a bit more ranty pants than than I am because I do like uh, a good rant. Um, <laughs> I, do like, 
like a good match. <laughs> I think the I think the market needs probably at this stage probably needs me to, you know, rant a bit more. So yeah. maybe I'll maybe I'll do that. And I think I just need to I need to do something that um, helps helps people. I think if people if people smile and people think he'd be an interesting guy to talk to, then I win. Yeah, you've done your job. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, you've kind of talked about how you help others, but if you unless you've got something else in mind for this question, how how are you helping like your clients with their brand? Uh I try and make sure Hey, so I've got with my um, aged care client, I just keep trying to say to them, no, a bloody brand's got to look like this. And until you reinvent your brand or you refresh your brand, then it's got to look like this because you don't do enough spending to show a different face to the market every time you go to market. And that's the, that's the thing that marketing does that advertising cannot. So marketing allows you to run three different communications that are obviously from the same place. So you can make single-minded promises in one place three times, which is nine times more effective than making three three different promises in three different places at the same time that aren't connected. There's a Millwood Brown article, which I mentioned in my latest blog, which is a fantastic thing about how, you know, one thing, say one thing, say it well, bugger off, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And that's what I, I think that's what I try and do. I try and say to people, no, you've got to, you've got a tone. So write to that tone all the time. Make it sound like it's the, you know, it's a person you trust is bringing you this promise again and again and again. That's what I try and do. I just try and keep them on the straight and narrow. Yeah. Um, and if someone comes and says, oh, we need a new brand, then, you know, or we need a new strategy, then I'd, I'd do that. Like I, I, I try and make it as simple as possible. I try yeah. and go, well, who are you talking to? What drives them? What will they want to hear from you? What's the single biggest promise you can make to them? Let's just say that. Yeah. And then yeah. how do you say that? And how do you say it over and over and over again in a way that people will want to read it or listen to it or see it that's it yeah what are the most common branding mistakes your clients make and how do you help them avoid them Uh, i think that i guess we just talked a little bit about that but yeah so the i think the big mistakes people make uh they get bored with their brand Mm. with their brand look and feel so Brand look and feel and the logo and the colours and the templates and, you know, all of that. That's not the brand. That's just a visual expression of the brand and it just makes it easier to sell a promise. Yes. But they get get sick of it sooner than the market does. Market, if you take the premise that the market doesn't care, by the time you've gone through all the iterations of developing a brand, and you know what we did with Regis, like, yes. you know, yeah. the six months of just, what about if we do this? What if yeah. we do this? Here's a template. 
by the time you get to market, most of the people in your organisation are sick and tired <laughs> of what the customer has not seen yet. Yeah. So, and the customer is not going to see it with the same intensity that you see it. So, by the time you're sick of it, the, the customer's still got five years of, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Oh, that's <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh, sorry, the biggest mistakes, I think, are falling out of love with your, um, uh, the, your brand look and feel. Yeah. So you can't have consistent promises to the market. So yeah, I think I think that's it. I think try and try and keep them on the brand wagon, uh, um, and try and make sure they keep their messaging as simple and as clear as possible in a way that supports their central story. And if they can continue to support their central story and only tell one thing really well, then I think you know. I think that's the way to do it. Okay, so recommended tips for those self-curating their brand from the perspective of, um, of a writer, yeah. I guess. Yeah, so what kind of no, tips would you have for an entrepreneur that's sort of still doing their own oh, things? Yeah. Okay, so start with the customer. Like, assume the customer at the moment doesn't know you and doesn't care about you, you're irrelevant to them. Understand what drives the customer and start with a really big circle full of all of the shit that drives the customer. Identify, actually, first identify who your, who your most relevant target market is. And don't think about how am I gonna sell them stuff, ask, why would they buy my stuff? So how can your story help them tell their story better? So identify those people. So if you're a, um, if you're a photographer wanting to sell um, corporate photography, what is the thing that drives, who are you talking to? Corporates, probably. You're not going to be selling to housewives in Pukekohe. Yeah. Um, well, you might, but, <laughs> you know, Volvo, Volvo was very successful selling the safest car in the world to people who didn't care about safety, but they concentrated on that one promise. So figure out who your target market is and write on a big bit of paper everything that could be going on in their lives that has nothing to do with your particular product or service or offer, whatever. So if you're talking to cut to corporates, what is, what's delighting them about the world? What's frustrating them about the world? What are they fearful for? Divide it into quadrants or thirds or fifths or whatever kind of clumping you want to, 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 to do. And just write down just everything about them because that will help you understand how busy their world is and how specific you've got to be to break into their attention span. So if you're launching a new product, be aware that your potential customers have either got something in place that 
will do or they don't know what you do, they don't know what your product is and they don't know how to help them. So just write it down. So if you're talking to a corporate type, so a managing director, for example, they will be, they'll be thinking about everything to do with the business. Why is Barry bloody late for the 17th day in a row? Where am I going to get new customers from? Why is, but he, you know, Woolworths decided to delist me. How can I get into different things? Why is my wife, but he, you know, silent when I get home? Like, you know, all <laughs> of that. Yeah. Like, you know, they've got going on in their lives. And, and then in a smaller circle off to one side where it's sort of like, you know, if you, if this is a big circle with all of this shit in it, draw a little circle that has, that's half in and half out of that bigger circle. And inside that little circle where it overlaps, the little Venn diagram moment, write all of the things that actually apply to what you do and what they believe. So that's where your that's where your businesses that's where your opportunities that's where your stories will intersect. So how will I get Coles to you know restock us? I need to build trust with them, so they're going to come looking at my at our website. I look like a pile of shit. Maybe I need a new photograph. Yeah. The reputation of the business is important. How do we help raise the reputation of the business? Photography is going to help. Yeah. You know, so, yes. What are the what are the big issues that drive their lives? What are the big issues that drive the area that you kind of deal with? And photography would be all about reputation, presentation. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and blah blah blah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, right in the bit of the circle that's outside that big circle, so you've got that overlapping circle on the outside of it. Write all of the stuff that you do that helps them with that little bit. So you'll do a whole lot of stuff that they really don't care about, that they really don't want to hear about. Like it's that while well, I've got your attention. No, because my, my attention is pretty valuable and you've got two minutes of it. But get to the point. So <laughs> all they need to know is I do really good photography and I've done it for these people. And look at those photographs. Don't they look good? Wouldn't you like to look like them? But for anyone starting, how, do, how does your story fit into their world? Not how do... How does, how do we get, it's not how do we get them to buy stuff. It's how do, how does our story, how does what we sell help them tell a better story about themselves? And if you can do that, then find interesting ways of telling that story to them, find interesting ways of communicating that promise. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And then you're cooking on gas. Cooking on gas. <laughs> or Turn these the days, the induction <laughs> hob. <laughs> yes. uh, I love an induction hob. Um, DIY tips for DIY entrepreneurs. I kind of feel like we've probably answered that in the last um, question. I didn't realise I had that in there as well. 
and then oh, I guess yeah, yeah and so from there on like if anyone's interested in uh, striking up a conversation with you or finding out more about you and what you do and brand clarity and all that sort of stuff where where should uh, they go you can get in touch with me through the website uh, brandclarity.com.au uh, there is a um, contact us button just follow the links uh, or contact me directly on at john at brandclarity.com.au mention that tim morrison sent you <laughs> and you could be a winner <laughs> but yeah just um uh even if you just want to even if you just want to chat i'm always up for a coffee um anyone wants to just have a zoom hook up and a cup of coffee and we just talk about brand and talk about challenges and i'm happy to do that awesome that's great thank you very much for that john and no thanks uh, for the chat it's awesome and all the advice that you sort of uh, handed over it's very very cool <laughs> oh, oh no thank you it's cool i, I love I, I will um uh uh i'm loving what you're doing i think it's a um i think there's something really delightful about i think i think there is sorry i'm about to blow smoke up your ass but sorry, i don't mind oh excellent. i'm ready <laughs> <laughs> I think there is. I think the. I think what the what this time is allowing us to do is that it allows us to pour energy back into our lives and the lives of the people that um, we come in contact with. And personal energy drives the energy of the market. And I think the more we can be talking about what drives us, and there's a you know with a positive energy, then. I think a it, it'll help. It'll help me. It helps me to talk about it. I hope it. Uh, I hope it adds a little bit of brightness to other people's lives. But it's. Uh, it starts helping people feel like the recovery is coming. Yeah. And, yeah. and so you're doing a you're doing a great service to your oh, fellow. Thank you, John. <laughs> I do my best, and and also yeah. it's hopefully it's uh, also helping people, um, you know, plan their recovery as well. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Like I, I think if uh, I think if we're not, if you're not using the downtime, and it is, you know, I think, I think even with social distancing, we'll see businesses slowly start to pick up because you know they'll need to. Yes. Um, uh, I think I think anyone who's not using this downtime to figure out how they can make their world a better place. Even if it's just how they can make, get more business or how they can impress more clients or, or you know, how they can be nicer to people or, you know, how they can, whatever. Yeah. I think there's a, we don't, we always complain that we don't have enough time to sit back and think about what needs to be done. Oh, we've got plenty of bloody time to do that now. <laughs> Some of us have. How's your homeschooling going? <laughs> they're good they're good they're, they're, they're bounding into it so yeah. you know okay. i were i was saying that um i'm not saying that my son rushes through stuff to get stuff done but he had to do an hour's meditation the other day and he knocked back sucker over in 35 minutes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, thank you very much, uh, John. I'm going to have to go, yeah. I think, because I can hear even more yowling and crying. No, no, no. Thank so. you.
Thank so, you for the uh, It was awesome. It was good to good to catch up with you. It's been uh, yeah, yeah, too long. Too. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, and uh, thank you for the opportunity of allowing me to bang on about myself. Yeah, it may help, it may not. Who knows? <laughs> but it's 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 Great. always good to talk about what we do to get it even more clear in our minds. So <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. I've just got to I've just got to read the read what I've said. Yes. Once we <laughs> Right. All right then, John. Take care, man. John, if you're listening or watching, thank you so much again for taking the time to talk to me and share your knowledge and experience with the Wellington Hustle community. For you, the viewer or the, or the listener, depending on where you're consuming this content, um, what is your takeaway from the info that John had to share and what will you be doing to sort of help your brand in the future? Um, if you could, I'd be, I'd be really interested in finding out. So if you could leave a comment or just uh, drop me an email, tim at timson.co. And uh, yeah, I'd really be interested in starting a conversation with you on what you found was useful from the uh, interview and what you're going to be doing in the future. If you have anyone else that you think that would be a great fit for me to interview for the thoughts on brand uh, segment, that if you could get in contact with me in the same, same address. So that's tim at timson.co. If you enjoyed this video and the Wellington Hustle project, and also the thoughts on brand project, then please, please don't forget to share with your friends, the people that you think that may enjoy this content. And also it really helps if you would subscribe um, to the podcast or subscribe to the YouTube channel. The podcast is available on most places you find podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, um, just search for the Wellington Hustle interview project. Also, if you could uh, leave a review um, under Apple iTunes, that'll also help the project uh, be found and uh, any review you leave five star of course we very much appreciate it anyway thank you so much again for listening or watching and until the next interview keep on listening